Well, when she went down to the bus stop, everybody got off the bus and the three children weren't on the bus. Murders, mysteries, unexplained stories, and our family's crazy opinions on them all. Join us now. The Family School of Thought is in session. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for the Family Schools of Thought. And um, hope everybody's having a great week. Cassie, how's the weather out there in Oregon? You always look at the window like it's going to turn. I know. I know. Well, I like. Have you looked I don't out really the window? Today? I didn't. I was inside most of the day, so I don't really know. Um, it seemed fine. There was like birds singing outside the window. So. Oh, well, that's something new. Yeah. Oh, there's snow here. That's what I heard. I heard. Um, well, at least I heard my friend's school had a snow day. Yesterday we had a school a snow day. Yeah, she. Today we did not, but we had snow today too. But we've got maybe two or three inches altogether. Oh, she said up where she is, they had a lot. Oh. I think they got more than we did. North of us got hit a little bit harder. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have a lot of snow, but although it was. It said five inches. But I how about, see how about you, Jess? How's the snow there? Um, It's edible. Let's just uh, put it edible. that way. It always it, seems nice and sunny where you're at. It's always nice and sunny, but there is snow on the ground. Odin's been outside eating it, so uh, oh. everybody's wanting to eat the snow. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be just like, watch out for some of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, he had that conversation because he wouldn't get into the car, and I said, "You're gonna end up eating something that is not like an animal peed on it." And he's like, "No, I won't. I'll watch for it." Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't let him eat snow. Okay. Uh, not letting him. He just does his own thing. <laughs> not listening today. All right. Well, Jess, do you have something to get us started off? A fact? I have a unexplained mystery. This one is not really too much of a mystery, but it's part of the history, unexplained mysteries calendar. Um, it is the curse of the Conanor. I think that's how you say it. The Conanor Diamond. And it is the largest diamond in the world, known in the world. It weighs over 186 carats. Um, it is the diamond, is one of the largest diamonds on earth, and it's roughly the size of an egg. So it's like a chicken wow. egg, I'm assuming. <laughs> um, it's pretty big. The first record of this gem was in a Hindu, Hindu text from 1306. During the uh, Kakatiya dynasty in India, I, I'm sure I butchered that. I'm trying my best on that one. Um, but it was warned that only God or a woman could carry it with, with impunity. Um, that stone stayed on the Asian continent, changing ownership among various male rulers with a path of a bloody history and misfortune with many claims supporting the existence of the mysterious curse. In 1849, Britain's Queen Victoria seized the diamond, and today the Conanor diamond is part of the British crown jewels, and it's on display in the Tower of London. Um, because of the in intense and violent history surrounding the diamond, Many of the women who have worn the stone have suffered the early deaths of their husband or a child. 
Um, and it says today Queen Elizabeth II refuses to, but we all know that she has passed. So she had refused in her life to wear that stone altogether, um, acknowledging the heavy diplomatic implications that involved with its um, acquisition. However, some question whether she also considered the dark fates of those who have worn the jewel in the past. So from her time through her death, she never wore that diamond um, for whatever and reason. How long she lived. And she lived a long life. And her husband lived a long life where right. Queen, so Queen, um, the Queen Mother, her, her mother, her husband died in his 50s, right? I don't know too much. Early. But he died yeah, early, um, which is why she became queen at 25 right, right. because her father passed away early. But that diamond, and I know this because I have some books that I'm reading right now, the queen mother had this diamond on her casket during her fun her funeral procession when they did their, um, I guess, parade around town. Yeah, oh, really? The, I don't know what those are called. In, in, uh, yeah. Procession, yeah, so she had that next to her crown. It was like right in front of her crown that this diamond was displayed wow. on her casket. Interesting. But now it is in the Tower of London. Oh, ah, interesting. I do wonder now that, I mean, it's now under a male rulership. Yes. Does that mean anything? I think it just says only God or a woman can carry it. So I'm thinking only a God or a woman can wear it. But it sounds like even when the women wear it, they lose a husband or they lose a child very early. Interesting. Wow. They all better stay away from it. Yeah. If you're don't not give it back to the it might be owners. a little stitious, right. but not superstitious. So yeah. you know. Maybe the the um, curses that it's not really theirs. They should give it back to who. It they should give to. it back to, yeah. So give it back to India because it looks mm -hmm. like that's where it came from. So, and how did they come in possession of it? It just says that you know. It, you know all well, of jewels, I hate to all tell you this about England, but they've stolen a lot of stolen. stuff. They killed for everything, you know. Yeah. But I'm sure, just like any prized possession of the, this kind of extent, there were wars from it, and kings fought for it and took claimed it, and and uh, it has a trail of blood. It's a blood history diamond. It's definitely yeah. a blood diamond. I was gonna yeah. say definitely a blood diamond. But it's 186 carats, so it's like the size of an egg. Wow, big big diamond. I don't know when you first said that. I don't know why I was picturing. Um, the egg from the OC, that glass egg, like yes. a huge. That one is from Risky Business. That's a risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Like, I immediately pictured that, and then I was like, when and you were talking one. about wearing it, I was like, that's too big to wear. But you mean like an actual like egg? Yeah. No, that one is um the crystal. It's a crystal egg. Crystal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I knew from that. From the movie Risky Business. So. Yes. Oh yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. Well, interesting. So there's your, it's not really an unsolved, unexplained mystery, but it's a pretty interesting fact, I thought. I think it's pretty mysterious. Why yeah. is it killing people? And let's see if King Charles or Queen Charles right. will, will, you know, wear it in any way. 
maybe that wouldn't, will. Wouldn't that be crazy if King's, uh, what's his wife's name? Camilla. 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 If she's wearing it like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. What would be crazy is if she wore it and then he dies. somebody died. Yeah. yeah. He'll die early. Yeah. That would be, but that would be something it would, to me, the tragedy or like the curse of it would be that like Prince William would die. Not well, King Charles. But that's not her child. She doesn't no, it's have not a her child. child. No. Yeah, but. she does. She's got a daughter and it's supposed to be his, his daughter. Oh, I didn't well, know. Yeah, that. And she's he's got stepchildren, but they're not. I yeah, I don't know why, but I think she had. She children. was yeah, because she was married. She was before. married, right? Right. I think she's got two kids. Um, she was married, but they were saying they're saying that that one daughter, the, the oldest one, is Prince Charles by for entertainment um, purposes only. Supposedly, they had a child when they were just teenagers. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay. I did know that that was the thing. for them over all these years that they were yeah. forbidden to get married. And that's what caused all the problems to begin with. Yeah. Right. Well, and and he's supposedly she's supposed to be the same age as Prince William. No, no. older. But anyway, yeah. okay, let's not get caught up on that. Yeah. Cats. Yeah. You got a song for us this week? I do. Um, so this week's song is another early two thousands one. Um, and it is You're Beautiful by James Blunt. You are uh, beautiful. Yup, exactly. No matter what you say. Um, so obviously this one is kind of considered to be a love song. A lot of people played it at their weddings, played it for people they love. Um, but James Blunt has come out to say, I don't know why people do that. The song is clearly about a stalker who then kills himself. Oh, oh. Nice. <laughs> yeah. They're um, all about stalking, aren't they? Yeah, it's all about stalking. Like, I really think people need to think about love songs a little bit more than just, oh, it's so pretty and nice. Um, but yeah, this one clearly is about someone who he talks about, he says he is clearly high, which is in the lyrics, it says, she can see on my face, I'm high. Uh, <laughs> um, and it talks about her being with another man, and he says he has a plan to get her. Um, but then when he can't, he ends up taking his own life. So this whole song is about how he stalks somebody, and when he can't have her, he decides to kill himself. Wow. What? Hmm. <laughs> oh. I don't know this song. I know the song, but it's not like the knack that I say. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I need to start yeah. recording the songs and then just putting them on or playing. Well, I put them on our videos, so the song will be there. You just have to watch our videos. It's incentive. Uh, right. Wait a minute. Are you saying I just you don't sang watch the song. our video? I know I did a great week? job singing it. <laughs> but I got to hear it right now. <laughs> okay. Google it. Yeah. Alexa. That's interesting. No, I never would have thought that that's what the song was about. Yeah, right? even James Blunt. James Blunt has come out to say he thinks it's really weird when people consider it to be a romantic Have you song. Have any other hit songs besides that? Um, yes, pretty much. Kind of that whole album was pretty fairly popular for him. I think this is the one that people know the most. Yeah. Um, but um, gosh, what's the one? Goodbye, lover, or goodbye? Oh yeah. I can't think of what the Both title of them is. around the office. I guess I never put two and two together. Yeah. Know. He's got quite a few. Um, I also, I couldn't find any information about it. Um, 
So maybe I'm just thinking something else, but I swear one of the songs on this album was written when he found out he was talking to somebody who was underage. Um, and it's another one where everyone kind of considers it to be a love song. Um, so that one's kind of creepy, but I couldn't find any information on that one. So I can't, that one's for entertainment purposes only. Okay. Hmm. Wow. All righty. All right, Jeannie, I think you're up this week. Yeah. Is that an interesting story for us? No. <laughs> yes, I do. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, has anybody heard of it? I guess it's uh, well known or it's getting very popular, but it's about the Beaumont children. Has anybody heard about the Beaumont children? As in Beaumont Hospital? Nope, just the Beaumont children. It was uh, in Australia. It was the oh, biggest. Yeah, Beaumont Hospitals. No, what? It's. What? Beaumont Hospitals is a Michigan hospital system. Right. Right. I didn't know that either, Mom. Huh? You didn't know that there was a Beaumont Hospital? It's in Royal Oak. And there's there's one in Troy. Yeah, there's multiple now. I mean, it used there was only one on 13 Mile, but now there's... Crusty knows it very well. I do. Yes. Yes. Very, very well. But um, it's... This is... um, one of the largest missing persons in Australia. Just in Australia? <laughs> today. And today is, it's one of the longest. I mean, the biggest in just Australia. Just Australia. In the world. Well, in Australia. I don't know if there's that many here in Michigan or in, in the United States. But in Australia, it is 57 I mean, the years. It's the, the 57. 57 years today. Today is the longest. Today is the 57th anniversary of three missing children. Oh, Jane, okay. Yeah. They, um, it happened on January 26th in 1966. It was considered Australia Day. And it was, you know, this story is sounding very parallel to the story I did in Australia from 1966. I think those aliens, I think I know what happened to those kids. They were abducted on Australia Day. (laughs) Keep going, Mom. January 26, 1966. Australia. It was a most horrific day for the parents of Jimmy, Jim, and Nancy Beaumont in Somerset Park. In a, it's a suburb of Adelaide, South Australia. And the um, apparently in January is their, Chris, their summer holiday. So here in Michigan... Um, in the United States, we celebrate Michigan, or we celebrate winter months, January, February, March, and December. But in Australia, their summer holiday is in January. Why so do you think tr- it is? And that's because the world is a... It's a circle, but you know... It's a globe. Yes. <laughs> it's a globe. Right. <laughs> So it's summertime there. Allegedly. 
They're in the southern hemisphere. No, we are not flat earthers here. We believe that the world is a globe. There is yes. a theory that it's flat. No. So they they are the children are on summer holiday and it's one of those scorching hot days and um they were I think I think it was 3 weeks into their summer break. Um and their father who was a salesman traveled quite frequently and uh he was getting ready to go on a three-day trip. So the children asked their father um, if they could, if he they could drop him off at the um, Glenig Beach. And the children were nine, seven, and four. And apparently in Australia, and in, in 1966, they just never thought of anything that could possibly happen to their children. It was never heard of. Um, everybody left their doors like we do, unlocked, trusted everybody. And I'm telling people you leave your doors not, unlocked. Not today. We used to do this years ago. <laughs> And so, Today, um, YouTube world, we lock our doors and have guns at the door. Please lock your door. Oh my god! And, 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 and pit dog, pit bull dogs at the door. And big pit bulls. So on this day, their and father cameras, Jim cameras everywhere. Their father Jim dropped their children, his three children, um, Jane, Arna and Grant off at Glenning Beach and told them to make sure, you know, that they get on the bus and go back home at noon. And so they played at the beach, did what they were supposed to do. Um, they considered Jane a very responsible nine-year-old. Um, she was a little Miss Mother Hen, and everybody that talked about her um, said that she would treat all of the children, you know, like they were hers, and she mothered them. And it, um, if uh, she said, don't go into the water, then they listened, you know. And so... Her dad told Jane, now make sure you guys don't go out to the lake too far. And so she told Grant, Jane told Grant, now if you go past your belly button, I'm going to be cross with you. And so he, you know, they played and frolicked in the water and they played in the sprinkler systems. Apparently it's, it's quite big and it's, you know, you consider... Uh, they talk about it being in kilometers or meters. Um, I'm thinking that it's probably just a little bit further than our schools are. So you figure that it's a, a little bit better than a mile, which our schools, we walk to all the time. Um, and they're not quite a mile. They're just short of a mile. 
but this is just maybe a little bit further. So you consider going up, you know, a little bit further up. Um, so that's how far it is from their home. So they catch the boss. Her, their dad gave them money to, she, she, they call them um, uh, shillings. And so he gave them enough money to get home on the boss. They make it home safely and um, carry on their evening. Then the next day, um, they uh, begged their mother. It was another scorching day. And um, so they begged their mom, could they go to the beach? And and um, Nancy kept telling them, well, as soon as I get my chores done, and they wouldn't quit harping on her. So she just gave in and said, okay, um, you guys can go. So she put them on the 845 bus in the morning and told them to be home at the on the noon bus. So she gave them um, six shilling, shillings and then six pence. So I don't know. I, I, I wrote that down. Um, I think the shillings are a couple dollars. Um, dang. But yeah, and the miles was like 1.2 miles from their home. And so um, they went to the beach and they played. And um, Jane had a little clutch purse and it was a little white clutch clutch purse and then an airway I don't know what an airway bag is but they talk about this airway bag and she carried their beach towels in it and um and then she carried her little purse and so they get to the beach they're playing um they go in the water and then they uh go down to the sprinkler system um which is in a little bit shadier of an area. So um, they're playing and, and having a good time and people um, spotted them and, and seen them. And then they also seen him play, they, they seen him playing and uh, swiping towels um, with an older man. They said that he was um, a tall skinny man that wore a brim hat and, or, and or he was tall and skinny and he had a tan and blonde straggly hair. And, um, did he like candy? And he was wearing a, say, it was like any other Australian. <laughs> I know. Uh, um, we're wearing a speedo bathing suit and he was okay. watching the children. And okay. so, he definitely um, had a van, I bet you. So then um, he uh, approached the children and everybody that had seen them thought that they he, they must know him because they said that Jane was a very shy child and um, that she would not talk to strangers or, you know, she would just kind of stay to herself. Um, so he approached them and people were saying, um, 
that, uh, well, I'm jumping the gun. So um, they played and they, the day before when their father had dropped them off, um, Arna had said, Janie found a boyfriend at the beach. Well, you know, her mother just blew it off because she knew Janie, you know, Janie was very shy. And so she was just thinking, oh, it was just a kid thing. Nothing, nothing about it. But um, she should have thought a little bit more about it. But um, so when she got her chores done, she went down to the bus stop to collect the kids at noon. Well, when she went down to the bus stop, everybody got off the bus and the three children weren't on the bus. So it kind of worried her. And um, she thought, well, they must have missed the bus. So she was going to go home and wait for him because, like I said, it's 1.22 of a miles. So maybe they decided that they were just going to walk home or walk home because they missed the bus. And um, so two o'clock came around and she went back up to the bus stop at two. And everybody got off the bus and there were no children then neither. So she became frantic thinking, okay, where are the children? So she went back home and waited for them. Um, and her husband, Jim, uh come home early, wanting to surprise that he came home a day early. He was supposed to be gone for three days and um, he wanted to surprise the kids. So he came home and they, he got home about two fifty, and she ran Jane. I mean, uh, Nancy ran out and said the children never came home from the beach today. So he jumps back into the car, races to the beach and scours the whole beach. And, you know, still at this time, there's thousands of people at the beach and and he couldn't find them. So he was thinking, oh, maybe they've already got, you know, he looked and um, he went back home thinking, oh, yeah, they're probably home by now. So he gets home and Nancy says, no, they're not home yet. So then they both became very frantic. Okay, you know, what's going on? They... um went to all of their neighbors thinking, okay, the kids stopped at their neighbors and was playing because this is very highly unlikely of the kids to do this. When Jane was told to do something, she did it without question and um, very, very responsible. And uh, so they uh, went to their neighbors. None of the neighbors had seen them. So they jumped in the police, and by this time it was about five, five thirty, between five and five thirty, um, that they decided, well, okay, um, we probably should contact the police. So um, they immediately put out a uh, search team. Um, the police searched and and uh, scoured the whole area and tried to uh, find some. And they questioned lots of people and they said, oh yeah, we, we seen them. 
And um, they were, of course, mom gave them, like I said, six um, shillings for the bus and then six pence to get food while they were there. And uh, apparently they visit uh, this uh, um, bakery. Uh, it's called the Wenzel um, Pastry Place. And um, so people, when they um, asked if they had seen the three Beaumont children, the clerk that waited on them said, Yes, and, and apparently she had waited on the three children the day before and many times because apparently I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, where they uh, go to the pastry place, it's right across the street from where they catch the bus, which is just, you know, within walking distance. It's all right in that vicinity. And um, so the police... Um, asked the people that were still at the beach and this older couple or, and um, backtrack um, the older gentleman that was playing with the children um, the, the, this older couple was there with their grandparents or grandchildren and they had just gotten there around noon and that's when they seen the kids getting ready or around noon getting ready and they were getting dressed and they thought that it was very odd that this gentleman was dressing Jane, which is nine years old. She was putting, he was putting their shorts on for them and dressing them. And then they went outside or they went, walked down this little path to the bathhouse and waited for the gentleman to come out of the bathhouse and he went in and changed his clothes. And then they went into town to the pastry place. But the gentleman, after he had gotten dressed, went to this older couple and asked them, um, did they see anybody while they were playing? Because they, they had money missing. And Jane carried this white clutch purse. And that's where she kept all of her money. And the guy um, asked them, did they see anybody around their stuff because they had money missing? So they, I think that this is what enticed the children. He probably took their money and then they had no means to get home and he friended them the day before and then they showed up the next day and he, you know, they, everybody said that, that they asked at the beach they said, oh, yeah, we've seen them. And they acted like they knew him. They were all friendly together. So they didn't, they weren't in any stress or they didn't act like they were stressed. They followed him and did whatever he wanted them to do. So they never thought anything about it and um, said no, that they hadn't seen anybody. So the, the kids showed up at the pastry place. And, and ordered uh, the man sent him in because they went in by themselves and he was waiting. I don't know if he was waiting in a car or if they walked, but um, he uh, gave him a pot, one pound or one, one, um, they called it a, uh, a pound. 
their money is called pounds. So it's like a dollar. Right. They gave, them, dollar. they gave them one, one, they call it a note. They call they gave them one note. Right. And um, so she went in and she paid, Jane gave the pastry lady, she went in and ordered all the pastries. And this clerk had waited on them many times and they ordered a meat pie. They ordered tons and tons of pastries, which they never do. And they ordered a meat pie, which they never do because they don't like meat pies. So the clerk thought, oh, okay, you know, and she said that it was more food. And they said that they needed a meat pie for the man. So Jane specifically said, I need a meat pie for the man. And she handed him, handed the clerk a note, one note, which was, and that was, you know, probably a hundred dollars. And so they ordered all this food and the clerk thought, well, that's odd. What do you guys, you know, they never ordered this much food. They ordered just a little bit of stuff just to get them through. And so, um, the clerk, when the police questioned the clerk, she said that she thought that it was very odd. And um, when they couldn't find the children, um, the police expanded the search up to the sand hills, and I don't know, you know, into the vicinities. And then they closed the um, oceans. It became a worldwide search um, all over, uh, out in the the sea out in the ocean, um, the airports were closed or they were looking for um, any kind of um, kidnapping because by this time they knew something had to have happened to these children. Um, so they closed the railroad track or they closed the rail trails and um, everybody was on the lookout for these three children. Um, within 24 hours, the the entire nation was aware of the case. Um, on January 29th, it was in the um, Sunday Mail headlines uh, um, that this must be a um, sex crime. It was feared. And they put out a reward of 250 pounds, which... In United States money, in our money, it, it's only, you know, which was very small. They thought it was $3,500, so um, $3,500 reward. Um, somebody had seen said that they'd seen uh, a woman had said um, th there was quite a few spottings all, all through. The mailman said that they had said hello to him because um, Grant had said, there's our mailie. So... They he waved to the mail, the mailman, and the mailman said hi to all three of the children. He recognized them. He knew who they were. Um, said hi, and then was about his business. Went down the road, and he was on his bike delivering mail. So he was he headed um, around the corner and went to back to the mail house. And the children crossed the road and went over to the pastry place. That was the last place that anybody had seen him. But someone had said um, after the search begun, um, on January the 29th, a lady had said that she had seen the children playing by the, I'm going to chop it up, um, 
Palo Ladonda Ganga. Um, it was a boat house, a boat haven. So it's kind of like in like uh, if you go to Traverse City, where all they they keep all of the boats, like a like a marina. Yeah, uh, but they call it the the boat haven. So yeah. um, they drained that whole um, area and searched for the children because they thought that okay maybe they were in there or maybe they got sucked out to the you know in the water. Um, they they was lots of tunnels. Um, like, you know how those big cylinders, cement cylinders, um, they thought maybe the kids went in those, um, and got stuck, but, uh, everything came up negative. Um, then another witness, uh, said that they seen the children around three o'clock with a man carrying a bag, which was the airway bag that Jane was carrying with all of their towels and sunscreen and everything that they had taken to the beach. Um, and then um, someone else reported seeing them with um, a man um, entering into a house that she thought that was vacant and um, reported seeing the boy um, on a lane and uh, walking down a lane and was caught roughly by a man. So a couple days later, I don't know if they were still alive at this time or if they're still alive. Um, it's still speculation. But um, the next morning, um, the lady, so she must have been a neighbor, um, appeared said that the house appeared empty again. Um, she didn't see the man or the kids again after that. The police uh, wondered why that she, um, she was failed to report this earlier, but um, when all the other reports were being done, And I don't know if that was like a year after the incident. I have report over a year. So um, I don't know. Then uh, the disappearance got to be international attention. And on November 8th of 1966, a Dutch psychic was um, brought in because he had visions that the children were buried in a warehouse, in the grounds of a bear warehouse. So um, the warehouse, and this was, um, this warehouse was over by their school. And it was, I guess it was just bought by a new owner and being renovated. So um, they didn't want to dig up this warehouse, but the psychic swore that this was where the children were buried. So um, they went round and round with it. And um, the community 
was, you know, all broke up and shook up with the three children coming up missing, that they raised $40,000 to demolish this warehouse so that they could dig up and see if the children were there. But to all else fails, um, there was no evidence of three children being buried there. Um, so um, two years later, Jim and Nancy received, um, oh, but, but they dug up and then shortly after that, they dug at one end of the uh, warehouse and then when they didn't find anything, they kind of brushed it away and the psychic said that um, on his dying day, he swears that this is where the children are buried. So then they went to another section of this warehouse and they dug it up and to no avail, they come up empty handed again. Um, two years later, after the missing children, um, Jim and Nancy received two letters. One was supposedly wrote by Jane and it was signed by Jane and um, uh, uh, Aran and Grant. But um, come to find out it was a hoax and um, they traced it back with all of the technology um, years and years later. Um, this was like uh, probably 20, 20 years. Uh, and actually, it was in 2013. Um, with technology the way it is today, they did a handprint. I don't know how they could do this and figure out who it was, but they found out that this man was 41 years. This It was a 41-year-old man um, handprint. And um, at the time... He was only um, 17 years old, so they thought that he, it was an awful thing for him to do. But um, in, uh, he wasn't charged because he was a minor. He was only 17 at the time. They just thought that it was a prank. But in November of 2013, at the North um, Plyton factory, Owner Harry Phillips was um, his factory was excavated in the back, and then um, because two men, after all, you know, years and years, um, they had uh, been looking for these children and. Um, People uh, come up and said uh, different things about what was going on. And um, they, um, in, in 2013, Phillips, or, uh, Harry Phillips, Philip Phillips. It's not Phillips. It's Phil Hips. Phillips. Um, son, Hayden, 
said that there was a book that came out and his name, the book was um, The Satin Man. And he went to the police saying that he thinks that that's his father. Because when he was 14 years old, he's seen his father with three children going into his home. Hmm. And um, he was this uh, Harry Phillips. He was a very wealthy man. He was um, part of the uh, social elite. He, he was the factory owner. And, um, and so nobody thought that anything, you know, that he could be, but he, they had a sketch artist back in 1966 and people said that he looked like the man that people said that they seen with, but they couldn't think, they didn't think anything about it because he was a really wealthy person and they, you know, but, um, so these two men in that 1966 said that uh, Harry had come, they were riding their bikes and they'd come to the, to the factory, come past the factory. And he said, I'll give you one pound. And it was not unlike Harry to pass out one pound bills. If, you, if, he, if he wanted something done, he said, I'll give you a, a one pound. Well, one pound is considered um, a lot of money. I mean, you'd think, I think that's uh, 250 pounds is $3,500. So he was giving him one pound. So you figure that's probably $1,000. So these, he told these two boys, I'll give you each a pound. A pound is like a dollar. Huh? A pound is like a dollar. It's the equivalent of a dollar. Oh, well. Back I mean, it's, but it'd be, yeah, say back then it probably was worth a little bit more yeah. currency wise. Um, right. You could buy but, a lot more. <laughs> right. But I mean, everybody talked about it being a lot of money. I mean, it would be about $71 in today's money. Yeah. Okay. So, but back then that's a lot of money. And um, he told. To give to random jobs. Yeah. Right, and, and these two 17-year-old kids said, you know, okay. So he told them that he wanted them to come to his factory and dig, um, dig a plot that was, um, let me get my notes. Um, do, 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 do. I have the dimensions here. I think it was um, two meters. Mm, ah, dang it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Two, like two by one by two, which would be um, two, two foot four inches by six foot seven inches. So you figure 
he had to, they, they kept digging this big, huge plot. So you figure seven, six by seven, um, by two foot four. So they didn't think anything about it. They just thought, okay, well, why are we digging this hole? But they were never, they were never told why they were digging this hole. And, um, and so they didn't think anything about it. They collected their money and went out, went on their way. Well, when this book come out and then Hayden um, came forward in 2007 and claimed that he had seen his father with these children, he was only 15 years old at that time. And he had seen him in the yard. Well, apparently he claims that his father had raped him for until he was 14 years, three times a week. And he said that it was violently. He violently raped him three times a week. And he had a brother. And when he turned 14, his father, he said that his father was infatuated with satin. And when his grandmother had died, they come across all these satin dresses that Harry's mom had made him over all these years. And he would wear these satin outfits to down to um, Hayden's room and he would get sexually aroused. And when Hayden was just little, um, it went on for He said he was seven. So, you know, you figure seven and seven to nine years that it had happened. And he could hear his father come down the hall and knew what was going to happen. And um, one day his father, so I don't know if his wife knew about this. They got into an argument and um, Harry threw a plate and smacked his wife in the face, Elizabeth, in the face and broke and the, and the plate shattered. And Hayden went and charged after his father and took and threw him outside and said, if you ever hit my mother again and threatened him, um, you will never hit my mother again. And to that day, he never got raped again. And um, he fought off his dad. And I don't know if that's what triggered him to get into a fight with his wife. And if she knew that all of this was going on, that's absolutely horrible to know. And if it was an agreement between them not to touch the other son, I don't know what happened. But the other brother said that Hayden... Um, was lying and that this was all crazy. But Hayden's wife swore by it. She was a registered nurse. All of the signs that Hayden had told her when the book came out, he described everything to the T um, and she believed him. And so um, she had went to the police and said something or told him that her husband had said that he was sexually abused by this Harry um, hey, uh, Phelps. And they, you know, they just 
kind of blew it off. Well, then two years after, um, two years after, which would have been uh, maybe 1970s, this uh, 13-year-old girl was um, went to her friend's house and she was walking home and um, and she said that Harry raped her and blamed her for um, getting dirty because he was very always very tight, clean, pressed shirts. Um, and so somehow somebody showed her a picture um, in like 2013 when all of the, when that book had come out, come out, she was watching the news and she's seen that and she said her stomach just sank. And this reporter, um, Stuart Mullen showed her a picture and she said, that's him. He mm -hmm. raped me when I was 13 years old. And she, they asked her, well, why didn't you ever come forward? Why didn't you ever say anything? She said, I couldn't. Um, she said, I was scared to death. My father was going to be mad at me for being late, um, returning home because she was went to a friend's and she was there for two hours and she had to hurry up and be home before her dad got there. And then when um, Harry raped her, it put her even further behind. And so she said that um, if she would have told her father, he would have said, um, it's your fault that you shouldn't have been there. And... She said that she was uh, her knees were all scraped up and she was bleeding and um, had blood running all over. And he was talking slimy and nasty to her. And um, and she said that it just got very sick. And so psychologists had said that, you know, when she came forward, that, yes, this had happened to her and that Harry was the um, the person that had raped her. Um she, uh, they kind of thought it, they showed her a picture. And in um, 2070, um, two girls, one was 11 and one was four. They were at the Adeline Oval, which was like a big football arena. And they came up missing. And Years after that, when they showed, um, when all of this stuff was coming out, the two re resemblance of Harry and um, the people that the two girls abductors that uh, they did a sketch for their thing, it resembled um, Harry Phelps too, or it, they think that in two in twenty or, or nineteen. 1970. Okay, I was gonna say. Well, you said 2070. No, yeah, 1970, and then the girl, the three children, the Beaumont children were abducted in 1966. Right, 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 right. Well, then a couple of years later, the girls were abducted. Those two girls were abducted from the um, same same incidents. They asked to go to the bathroom. The parents. Um, said, you know, during the football game or during intermissions, it's, you know, how when you go to any kind of concert, anything, the bathrooms are backed up forever. So they gave in and allowed the girls to go to the bathroom and they never returned. 
Um, and I guess they did. They went to the bathroom a couple times. So all of this keeps going on. And it, the same sketch for both of those mishaps seemed to be the same sketched guy. Um, <clears throat> then um, the... Uh, Um, then the, uh, when the book came out, I guess it brought a more attention because now everybody was aware there were five different, um, suspects to this case. One was, uh, uh, Bevan Spencer Von Ern, and he was sentenced to 15 years for murdering this Richard Calvin in 1984 and was convicted as uh, conceived as a perv because he would go to the Glenid um, beach and stand outside the bathrooms of all, and watch all these children. And um, they said that it couldn't have been um, him. So they kind of, he matched the, um, they called it identikit. Um, and he said that he had told a friend, um, his they call him Mr. B, that he had taken the children, this Von Ern, and performed a brilliant surgery that connected all the three children. And um, one had died, so he dismissed all of the bodies. He had to kill all of them and dismiss them. So- uh, I'm a little bit confused. Yeah. He did a surgery that connected them all. This, this, this other, you know, the, the, there's five suspects. These are the five suspects. I told you about Harry Phillips. He was one of the suspects, um, but nobody could believe because he was a, a social elite. He was um, well, wealthy, uh, factory owner, well dressed. Um, he was never suspected. Not that people couldn't believe, but he was never suspected. He was never suspected time. because of all of this stuff. And, and and it went years until his son Hayden in 2018 had the, the, book, made the, the book came out and um, all of the news things. And he said that that's my father. And so then um, that Stuart, that Stuart Mullen got asking questions. But in the meantime, all of these suspects, um, there was an author, Arthur Stanley Brown, which was charged with um, murders in 1980 or 1998 for sisters, Judith and Susan in 1970 um, in McKay in Townsville, uh, Queensville. But uh, the lawyer, uh, they suspected him, but the lawyer filed filed a 613 and um, he was never retried again because um, he was 70 years old and ended up being, had dementia and he died in 2002 to not knowing if he really, if he, if he did this or not. Um, then there was a James Ryan O'Neill and in 1975, sentenced to life in prison. These are all pedophiles, 
that they were looking into. People have checked all these people out. He was in prison for murder of a nine-year-old in um, Tamania. Um, and he also said that he was responsible for the Beaumont children. And apparently um, psychologists are saying that, you know, when people are admitting that they did this um, for nor nor uh, notary, that more than likely notary, notary yeah, they did that they um, really probably aren't the real murders. Um, but, you know, people do admit. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I don't know if they could if they could ever find the bodies. Um, you know, they could do find out because of DNA nowadays. Um, was, or the if, vacant house was the vacant house that they saw the children at ever searched. No, I mean, they, I only got one little spot that that woman said. So I don't know if that they didn't find any information. I didn't read the book. Um, I don't know if the book has more information than what I got on Wikipedia. Um, then there was an Alan Anthony um, Monroe, and he was investigated but cleared. Um, when, the, Like I said, when the book of The Satin Man come out in 2013, it, uncovering the mystery of the missing Beaumont children. The book did not name the man identified, but Phillips, a strange son, Hayden, um, named him after the book was published. And um, then Harry Phillips bore a substantial likeliness to all the identicates of the man. And I guess that it got around town that, you know, anywhere he went, People were chasing him down. He got arrested. Um, they were really on him. And uh, because of all of the back uh, talk and, and um, bad publicity on Phillips, um, it became aware. He ended up dying in um, 2004. And what after he died, um, Elizabeth Phillip, 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 Phil Ips um, invited the Stuart Mullen who wrote the book, The Satin Man, for questioning um, and asked, she asked him that he could come over and ask questions about um, her husband because of all of the publicity. She wanted to get it cleared up. Um, so he came into the house and um, searched, she showed him throughout the whole house and they went down into the basement and on this shelf lay a white clutch purse. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. But he didn't think anything about it. Okay, how many years later was this? This was in, this was 2013. Wow. So this was just recently that the Stuart Mullen went into this house, searched the house, and down in the basement found a white clutch purse that is a, a spitting image of the purse that Jane had carried. Well, Stuart Mullen didn't think anything about it. He just, he noticed it. 
But then he went to his colleagues after he left her house and was telling him about this thing. And he goes, you know, th then I guess the, the white clutch person come up and they said that Jane always carried this white clutch purse. So he called Elizabeth and asked if he could come back to look around. So she said, yeah, you can come. So he went and they went back downstairs. And it was and, gone. No, no. And she, and she said, um, so he said, you know, Jane carried, he, she, he started in, uh, questioning her about this white clutch purse. And he said, you know, Jane carried a white clutch purse. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I bought that at a app store two weeks ago. So she claimed that she bought this purse at an app store when he was starting to question her. And so then when he questioned her about the purse, she says, I think you need to leave now. Mm -hmm. And so he left and um, went to the authorities. The authorities went back two days later. And then it was gone. And it was gone. The purse, she, throw, she had thrown it away. So, so she didn't have the receipts. Huh? She didn't have the receipts. She bought it two weeks ago, but didn't have receipts. Well, and he questioned, well, if you just bought it two weeks ago, then why is it down here in, on the shelf? Right, right. You know, and why why would you have it downstairs in your basement? So um, everybody says that, To you know, I think Stuart Mullen is kicking himself in the butt because yeah. that was a key. That was that pretty was, big evidence. That, that was a, a key, a big key evidence in this other than Hayden's, um, Hayden's, uh, whereabouts and say that he's seen his father take those three children into the house and he went in, but the front door was open. So he assumed that, um, that they had left out the front door mm -hmm. and they, um, said he, and I guess Stuart Mullen questioned him did he hear any gunshots? And he said, yeah, but that's not unusual in their household that Harry always shot a gun. So I don't know what that meant, but wait, wait, wait. it was uncommon. It was not uncommon for Harry to be shooting a gun. So he said that he heard gunshots and he said that there was four gunshots, but you know, that's hearsay because, you know, I don't, I don't know if he made that part up. There's no evidence of the children ever, you know, but you know, if there, if there was gunshots, why aren't the police there? You can still find blood spots or find, you know, they could scour that house to see if the children were there. Um, I'm sure that there was DNA, the mother and the father. Well, I don't know now because the mother and father had stayed in the house until um, the 1980s. And um, then they decided that um, they divorced and sold the house. So they stayed in that house thinking that their children would return. The father to this day claims that his children are still alive. 
Um, if it was that they stole the children um, and used them as sex trafficking, um, that would be hor horrific, um, especially with, you know, all of this stuff coming out with, um, you know, this is entertainment purposes only hearsay and my, my, my theory, um, wines, the, what's his name? Um, Epstein. Epstein with all of that going on. Um, could have they done, you know, he had places in all over the, you know, people in England. Um, could have they, Taking them there. Not in 1966. I was just going to say the same thing. It was a little early for That's that. a little early. Well, I know, Epstein but. Epstein was only like in his 50s when he died. Right, but I don't know. I mean, they, it could have been over in there. You just don't well, know. It's not, it may even have been his his brain. And could the children yeah. still, it, it, because they haven't come across any bo dead bodies. Um, I guess Nancy had, when she was sick, um, the doctors had put her in the hospital and put her to sleep. And she said that um, her, she thought that her children were dead, but then later in the years, she claimed that she believes that her children still are alive. And to this dying, to her dying day, she said that she swore her kids were alive. And um, Jim is still alive or was still alive in 2018 when she died and um, she was 92 years old um, let me find this um, that's a long page um, she died at the age of 92 in night um, on September the 16th in 2019 and he he was still alive um, and he continues to reside in Adeline and swears that his children are still alive. Um, Aiden, um, to the after he read the book and, and the book was published, he says that the children are in, are in the sand pit, and that psychic said that the children were buried in a factory. So um, Harry had uh, had had those two young men dig up a plot. And they never knew what he what he needed that plot for, but could have that been a hoax just to sidetrack somebody that if it he always covered his tracks. Like I said, you know, like he went back and asked those older people, um, did they see anybody come up and take Jane's money to cover his spot? You know, he was helping the kids out. Um his Jane's mom and dad swore that she would never get into a vehicle if she didn't know somebody. So he, everybody said that he must have friended them, that he must have, they trusted him. He was well-dressed. Um, he offered him money. He gave him money. He told him that he would take him home. Um, they assumed that they would. Um, so could, could it, could that be? I, I don't know. Um, all of this is just hearsay. If you want to read the book, the, I guess the book is out there. It was written by Stanley Mullen called The Satin Man. And I guess there are other um, other books out there about the Beaumont children. Um, it might have more details than what I've said. Um, further investigation. Uh, 
the uh, Jim and Nancy in, um, I think in 1990, uh, the parents were devastated when um, the newspaper published computer uh, generic uh, photographs of the children and what they would look like as adults. Maybe they're, maybe these pictures are in the, in the, um, in the books. I never came across um, the photographs of them being as an adult, what they would look like in today's world. If they still are alive today, they would be middle-aged children. So, you know, they would be a, a little, around your guys's age a little bit younger than me you know well they would be like 55 jane would be 55 if it well no no they they would be no. my age because it happened in they, 66 they'd be older than you i think grant would be the closest to you because he was four in 1966 yeah right so he would be the same age as dad It'd be 47 years ago <laughs> 57 well, no, it was 57, 57. years ago <laughs> 57 years ago, and then they were nine. So, I mean, Jane was nine. So, yeah, she would be older than us. She would be our age. 56. The, it happened in 67. We know it's the 57. We know it's 57 years ago because it's the 57th anniversary. Right. And they were, it, it was 1966. Grant was four, which would have right. been he was in 1962 born, which is when oh, you were yeah, born, yeah. Dad. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know. I said I I, I, I kind of want to go to the library and and check out this book and see um, the image. I mean, they could be anywhere. I mean, they could and not know that you know. Well, they'd be unrecognizable now. Well, that's what the the generated photo is for. Yeah. It aged them up. It's like an age up photograph. I had that done one time, and I looked identical to my uncle bob i look just like my uncle bob it was <laughs> weird that is weird but not like you well um, no i looked at, i looked like my uncle bob do you remember what he looked like i don't know cassie was pretty young when he i mean when she oh, seen him God, last I mean, I and stuff but anyway well, she met him when he was young but when he died i don't think she had no, seen I looked him like the age he would have been before he died. At that time, yeah. Not when he yeah. was young. I mean, right. Like when, when he was older. Right. right. Which would be, you Which know. Which looked just like Grandma. He looked just like Grandma Carrier. I mean, yeah. well, like that. I see a Bobby Madison. looks a lot like that now. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. 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 So. So I know what I'm going to look like if right. I ever get old. When you get old. When you get old, so I don't know. I, I I don't know if they're still alive. It's sad that the parents never knew what happened to their children to live it's that to live that long to live your whole life child, wondering all three of my kids. Yeah, it was un it was unheard of, and they said that um, it marked the end of innocence in Australian life forever. Because then yeah. parents were afraid to let their children do anything. They wouldn't let them be out of their sights. And then, you know, shortly after that, um, all of that stuff started happening. You know, two other girls come up missing and Adeline, Adeline um, Oval. Then um, 
the um the other girl she was uh she's known as Linda but I think her real name was Lena because they I think it come out you know just a small clip said Lin I can't understand some of them but I thought it, they said Lena um and she was raped shortly after that so um well and I think it's it's I don't think these things started happening. No, no. After this, I think it's just everything was like suddenly everyone's eyes were open to right. what was going on. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And then when, you know, because this became such a nationwide publicity, um, nobody stopped looking for the children. No, I mean, they just kept it open and they, they were, they were just all hoping that, the children would show up and they said that Jane was so smart that they couldn't imagine um, that she wouldn't contact somebody. So then, you know, that that's when they thought, well, it had to have been maybe sex trafficking or something like that. So I don't know. Mm. It's a sad, it was a sad story, but um, hopefully before Jim dies, he'll get closure. Yeah. But then again, he was, I think, 99 in 19 or 20, 2019. So I don't know if he's even still alive. I didn't even think to look up at it to see if he was still alive. In all of my clipping, in all of my clippings, it didn't say that he had passed. Only Nancy had passed, and I don't know if Elizabeth is still alive. If she's still living in that home, could they come up with any more evidence if they went and checked out that house? I mean, I don't know. I don't understand yeah. why not checking it more out. If they found, if they knew that that purse was there, Stuart Mullen seen that purse. Why haven't the police investigated it a little bit more? Why didn't they go to the dump and dig up the dump to come come across this purse? Did it really get thrown away or did she burn it? Or, you know, why hasn't this purse come up again? Right. If it was thrown in the dump, don't you think that they would go dig up a dump? I mean, in today's world, in our world, they dug up that big, huge dump and found bodies, you know, when they accused the father of murdering. They found the woman's body and all of the cleaning stuff in the dump. They went to the dump and dug it all up. But it was a recent. Right, right. right. But well, that purse had been, one. but that purse was, that, that purse had been thrown away two days prior to that. So why, when 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 Stuart Mullen was said that that purse was just like Jane's purse, she knew she was in trouble. They they found something in that home, and she was hiding whatever, maybe to save her other son from being raped. And she knew what kind of a man he was, right? Um, and she knew that he did these things. He she had to have known that he was raping her son. Uh, and I don't know if it was her son or if it was her stepson. So I don't, you know, 
I, I guess I need to read that book if it was, if Hayden was, because I thought that the one brother that said, no, it didn't happen was his half brother. Because he said that his brother was um, a psychopath. But when you've been raped for nine years, yeah, three times a week, violently, I mean, that does something to a person. Right. So. Okay. Well, we're going over on time. So, so anything else you want to add to the story, Denise? I think that's it. Like I said, I hope. Girl, that, any last thoughts on that? Jim will find closure. Right. I couldn't imagine living my whole life knowing that my kids had been missing and somebody hurting them all these, all those years or doing unthinkable things to them. Right. What, what they went through before they died. Right. And, and, and what they might still be doing going through. I mean, until Harry died. I mean, in 2002, he died or he died in 2002. Did I say? Yeah. Four. 2004. Um, so did he have them somewhere that he could harm them? But I can't, I can't imagine he did because they had to have gotten, they could have gotten out or I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would think that they would be able to get away. So don't know. Okay. All right, guys. I think we, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for a great story, Denise. Mm -hmm. Girls, anything, any last words? No. No. <laughs> no. All right, guys. Again, everybody, please um, uh, like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And uh, check us out on YouTube as well as on every other form. <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Anyway, you can do podcast. I know I do know if you say, hey Alexa, play the family school of thought podcast, it will. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there it goes. Resuming season one, episode 52. And that's the newest episode. Alexa, stop. So it's as simple as that. So, um, and please give us your feedback um, through our website anytime. And if you are aware of anything that's going on with these Beaumont children, please uh, yeah, contact yeah. the Australian. Any of our stories. That's a good. That's a good uh, idea. Any of our stories that we've done, if you have something to share or add to them, please please go them. to the police. Yeah, and one of these days we're going to have a update video of our stories and talk about the updates. I've got a lot on the stories I've done because really? hear more stuff, you know. So, anyways. Okay, guys. We gotta go. All right. um, thanks a lot for joining us. See you next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Alexa played the Family School of Thought. <laughs>